Hello, Andre here. Welcome to a brand new week and a brand new episode of The Daily. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is episode 46 of The Daily. And we are on track to clocking in episode 50 this week. And so for all you loyal listeners out there and you who have religiously followed uh, this podcast, thank you so much for tuning in, for making this a part of your life, your daily rhythm. And I do sincerely hope that this has been beneficial to you in some way, shape or form. And if it has been for you and if you haven't done so already, please let any one of our team members know we'll love to hear from you. If you're not a part of our church and you tune in to this podcast, you can email us at hello at thecity.sg. We'll love to hear from you as well and how this has been of help to you. Some time ago, Amy and I went to a concert. I remember it was a Maroon 5 concert. Now I'm not too into that kind of music at all. It's all Amy. She loves Maroon 5 and I, as a dutiful husband, have to accompany her to said concert and endure that music. Of course, I'm just kidding. I love a couple of the Maroon 5 tracks. Not all of them. Uh, They do make pretty decent music. So we're at a concert and the light goes out and the band comes onto the stage doing their thing. And a couple rows in front of us were a couple of boys who had their phones out and they were recording the band doing their thing. And I kid you not, the concert lasted for about an hour and a half, close to two hours. And the, this, these boys had their phones out the entire time. And they paid really good money to go to a concert like this, but they had their phones out the entire time trying to record it and uh, they stopped a couple of times, posted on Insta stories and just did their thing. And it struck me then that with social media and this whole Insta story, if you have done it, post it. If you've been there, you need to gram it. You need to let everyone know what you're doing and where you've gone. That kind of culture has really conditioned us to value these keepsakes and videos and letting people know that they've actually been somewhere or done something instead of actually fully immersing ourselves into the present moment. And we all know it, right? You know, we go on coffee appointments or meals with friends and sometimes they'll be on their phones checking their Insta stories, finding out what people are up to and they'll be trying to engage with the virtual world when someone who is real, who is present, who's right in front of them, worthy of their attention, will completely be ignored. Now our inability to be present does not just affect our relationships, but it also affects us on a soul level. And it's not just decreasing attention spans that we're experiencing in the world today, but it is that many of us aren't present or don't live in the present in our minds and in our hearts. The problem with many of us is that we spend more time in the past or in the future than in the present, and that robs us of joy in the moment. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I believe it's so good and so right for us to look back and remember and consider and think about God's faithfulness and the story of our lives. 
and to even reflect on the past and learn from our mistakes. You know, I spend a lot of time honestly reading through old posts, old entries in my journal and thinking about God's grace in my life. And I think it's super healthy as well uh, to consider the past as well as it is to look forward and make uh, plans within reason to seek God's vision for our future. But I've got, begun to real, realize over time that too much time spent in the past leads to regrets, bad memories, shame, guilt, bitterness, rehashing or redigging old wounds, and eventually depression. And too much time spent in the future leads us to think, what if that happens? What if this happens? What if that falls through? We give in to fear, worry, concern, and that ultimately leads us to a kind of anxiety, right? That stems from us imagining or concocting of a future scenario totally void of the voice, wisdom, involvement, and leadership of God. And I've learned uh, in life that 95% of the things I worry about are directly connected to the future. And almost 90% of the things I worry about never, ever happen. And I expend hours of my mental energy thinking and thinking and ruminating and brooding and stewing of scary scenarios that never, ever materialize. And I think about the words of Jesus when he says this, In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, he says this in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. He goes on to ask his disciples somewhat of a rhetorical question. He asks, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In essence, he's saying, is there even a point? Is there any reason for you to do so? Can you gain anything by worrying, by imagining of a future scenario apart from the voice and wisdom of God. And then that chapter goes on to verse 34 and says this, Therefore, Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And that is such a funny but true line, isn't it? That each day has enough trouble of its own. Many of us, we have enough to deal with in that day, in that same period. And what happens is we pull our future problems, things that we will have to face down the road or things that we probably might not even need to face down the road. And we pull these future scenarios that we have concocted for ourselves into our present day and what happens is if we can think about each day we have a certain amount of grace to tackle with that day's problems and we pull our future problems into the day such that we feel overwhelmed and we feel completely incapable of overcoming all that we have dragged out in front of us because each day has enough trouble of its own We are in many ways designed and given the capacity and the grace to deal with the trouble of our present day, of the day that we're living in. And we have enough to deal with already, don't we? Most of the time, the troubles of the day, they are hard, they can be stressful, but they are doable. They they are conquerable. And so there, there is no intelligent or productive point to one, guilt about the past, 
or two, worry about the future. Yes, you know, we are to live with hope for a future. We are to live with uh, the future good in mind, but we are also to live in the present. Think about it this way. It looks like our eyes are on the horizon, but our feet are squarely planted on the ground. And a way for us to cultivate this kind of rootedness in the present, living in the moment, being uh, joyful and happy for what we do have in the present, is the simple yet profound yet life-altering practice of gratitude. Let us consider the words of Paul in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul in this text gives pastoral instruction to the church in Colossae that in the face of whatever that is before you, be it trial, circumstance, challenge, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And it's that idea of Christ and his peace reigning in our hearts, taking dominion, ruling over all, being seated high above all that we may face and feel on the inside. His peace reigns supreme. And then Paul gives instruction on how we may walk in that peace. And not once, but three times in that short text that we read, Paul calls the church of Colossae, believers of Jesus Christ, followers of his way, to be thankful, to have gratitude in our hearts, to thank the Father, to give thanks to God the Father, to rejoice and be grateful. Paul here in this text draws a link or a connection between peace and gratitude. In order to walk in peace, you need to be grateful. In order to battle and win against anxiety and fear, you need to practice gratitude. Let us also consider another one of Paul's writings in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says this, Literally, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There again, Paul literally mentions the word anxiety, anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but through thanksgiving, you enter into a kind of peace that transcends, that surpasses, that goes beyond all human understanding, and that peace will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In the Bible, we read of entire psalms with no purpose other than thanksgiving, no requests, no prayers, just simple gratitude. 
Psalm 107 says this, to give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And the psalmist goes on to give thanks, to offer praise, to rejoice five more times in one psalm. And the psalmist is really driving the point home, right? We need to live from this posture of gratitude. Give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. See, the opposite of gratitude isn't just so much ingratitude. It really is entitlement. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement. It is the belief that I deserve all that I have going on in life. God owes me good. He owes me favorable outcomes. And when I don't get what I want, I slip into a kind of self-pity, woe is me, life sucks, I deserve better kind of mentality. Gratitude is our way of recognizing that all the good that we have in life is a gift from God. Food, shelter, the clothes on our back, the oxygen in our lungs, it is all grace, a means of God's grace. The entire planet, the sky above us, the ground beneath our feet, it is all on loan from the Creator God. We live under His roof, we eat His food, we drink His water, we are His guests. And we are so blessed. And when we reorient ourselves to that biblical worldview, the only posture left to take is gratitude, is a heart full of sincere thanks and praise. So this morning, I want to invite you to practice gratitude. To not just have gratitude reside in your hearts, but to actually express it in an action, in a prayer, in song, in uh, writings, in journaling, to express your gratitude to the Creator God. And I'm going to take you through three steps of gratitude, and each will take you deeper into gratitude, one after the next. The first thing I want you to be grateful to God for is for the present. To thank God for the obvious realities, the obvious things that you have in your life right now. And you could just look around your house right now. Thank God for your couch. Thank God for your house. Thank God for your spouse, your kids. Thank God for your job. Thank God for the air that you breathe. Thank God for the air conditioning that you're, you might be feeling in this moment. To Thank God for these obvious, simple pleasures in life that you so often take for granted and forget that it is God's good gift to you, to thank God for these simple things, to thank God for the obvious. And the next step of gratitude is to thank God for your past, to thank God perhaps for an answered prayer. Many times we pray to God and we offer Him all these requests and He comes through in an amazing way. And so often in the experience of a favorable outcome, we fail to acknowledge he who brought about that outcome. Thanking God for our past may also look like being grateful for the path that we took to get to where we're at today. I often thank God that He put me through a neighborhood school. Of course, I had pretty bad grades, but I believe God led me through that school experience to mold my character, but it was also for me to meet people of faith and to come to Christ. And so I thank God for the paths that I had to take to enter into His plan, will, purpose, and intention for my life. And the last step of gratitude is this, is for us to be grateful 
and thankful for our future, for the days to come. Most of the time when we think about future, we think worry, anxiety, what about this outcome, what about that outcome? But there's a kind of gratitude and gratefulness that looks like offering praise and thanks in advance. It is to thank God, to praise God, to trust in Him, to surrender our plans, our worries, our anxiety to Him with a heart of gratefulness. It is this resolute belief that in God, with God, and through God, my future is hopeful. My future is full of good because I am held by a God who is fully good. So this act of gratefulness can look like offering thanks to God for deliverance, for future deliverance is to say, God, I thank you that you are indeed bringing deliverance in this particular situation. God, I thank you that you are speaking to me and God, you will surely direct the paths and the roads and the decisions I have to make ahead. And it is so when we commit our past, our future and fix our attention on what we do have in the present that we cultivate and practice gratitude, that which combats and battles anxiety and leads us into the peace of God. And so let's spend a few moments this morning to just go through that three steps of gratitude, to thank God for what you do have in the present, the obvious things that are often glanced over, to thank God for your past, how he's led you, how he has come through for you, delivered you on, on multiple occasions. And it's also thank God for your future, the days that are before you, knowing that our creator God is faithful and true and will lead us to the, to, to the path that leads us to life everlasting. Let's do this together this morning. I encourage you if you have your phone next to you or if you have a piece, piece of paper, a pen, to just jot down these three steps real quickly and fill, fill each of these steps with words, with prayers of thanks, of gratefulness. Let's spend some time offering thanks to God for what we have in the present, how he has come through for us in the past and how he's gonna come through for us in the future. Let's practice gratitude this morning. Awesome. I hope you had enough time to work through these steps and I encourage you to spend a bit more time uh, working through these steps and practicing gratitude all through your day. Create a ritual of sorts. Do this every day and trust that even as you practice gratitude, something is happening in the spirit. Something is happening deep within your soul. That the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. 
God, we thank you for all that we have today around us, for the air that we breathe, for the roof over our heads, for the food that we eat. We recognize that these are all your good gifts, signs of your goodwill and intent toward us. We give you praise and we rejoice in you. And we choose gratitude today, where much around us is telling us to complain, to murmur, to gripe. God, we choose to be a grateful people. And God, we believe that even as we embrace a life of thanksgiving, that God, your peace, as it is said in scripture, will come upon us, will rule in our hearts. We thank you for this day. We ask that you lead us and guide us in your way. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. Have a blessed day ahead. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.